Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 30th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we follow the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. That is one of the peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. A quick recap of yesterday's show. First hour was simulcast with Brighty on TV. Uh, Liberty Roundtable Live and the Sheriff Mack Show. And we talked about a government big enough to give you everything you need is also big enough to take everything you have. Remember that reality check. We talked about Cochise County, Arizona. The Arizona Board of Supervisors refused to certify the election results. They say they have no problems with their counties in the vote, but they are concerned about election integrity issues all over the state where many voters were disenfranchised because of machines and tabulators not working properly. Also debates about if the machines and tabulators were certified by a legitimate company to certify according to the law. We also talked about uh, Mojave County. Republican supervisors delayed a vote to certify the election, but then backtracked and certified the vote anyway, saying they were forced to by law. This is the problem that we're seeing, ladies and gentlemen, is more and more blurring of the checks and balances that made America great. Ron Gould says he was threatened with arrest if he didn't vote to certify the Mojave County, Arizona vote. Now a colleague also saying the same thing, so they voted yes so they wouldn't get arrested. Uh, There's claims that that is the law. In my opinion, the sheriff there should investigate it and say, how, how can you have a law that forces them to vote yes? If that's the case, why even have them vote? Just say every election is certified. See how criminal that gets? In fact, it was so bad that Bill Gates, chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, confirmed that he was moved to a secure location for his safety. We also highlighted the letter written by the attorney general assistant, to Maricopa County, Arizona. Uh, It was regarding the 2022 General Election Administration saying, we've got problems here, folks, but they went ahead and certified all the votes. Anyway, anyway, claiming that they had to by law. Maricopa County certifies election results after irate citizens testify of, quote, vote suppression. They say, if you certify today, the only thing you will actually be certifying is your corruption. Art Moore with WND.com wrote that article highlighting that reality. Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, who lost to Secretary of um, who lost to the Secretary of State Katie Hobbs by less than eighteen thousand votes, says, "Hey, we have a problem here. The tabulators and the machines literally created voter suppression, and that's why she lost." In fact, Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA highlighted this and said, hey, you know what? He highlighted this on Twitter. 
He said, you know what, based on the testimony on Monday that we've heard about this, it's very safe to assume that among the 203, no, 223 polling centers in a great state of Arizona, uh, 200 people per polling center were disenfranchised. That means a total of 44,600 votes were not among those votes. That means 70% likely were Republican and would have been for Kerry Lake and others. So there you have it, folks. Bottom line is they're just thumbing their, note at us, thumbing their nose at us. They don't care that there's election fraud all over the place. Anyway, if you want to uh, check that show out, go to brideon.com for the archive in video or lovingliberty.net to get the radio version uh, of that show. Uh, if you want to become a member of the CSPOA, CSPOA.org. If you want to get on our a texting list to keep up with what we're doing, text the letters CSPOA to 53445. That's text the letters CSPOA to 53445. All right, that was our one, hour two. Sheriff Mack was still with me. We were just on the radio, though. And we also had Scott Williams with us. He's the elected sheriff of Creel County, Texas. Uh, and they both were with me. And we talked about a bright future for the CSPOA questions and answers. And we highlighted that I'm the CEO of CSPOA now. Uh, but we also highlighted that Richard Mack is not leaving the organization one bit. He has taken a position with frontline doctors. Uh, and he will be on the board of, um, we're going to have a board of advisors, along with several other um, county sheriffs, elected sheriffs and others, uh, for an advisory board. Sheriff Mack will chair that board and still remain the founder of the organization. But the day-to-day he's transferring, the bottom line is as CSPOA grows, we just need more people. Richard can't do it all. He traveled over 100,000 miles last year, and he just can't increase the pace. So the only answer is for us to get more people involved. That's what that's about, growth and opportunity to train all over the country. That's a recap of yesterday's show, still available, like I say, first hour at brighteon.com, both hours in audio available at lovingliberty.net. Now, a couple of quick stories and then our guest, ladies and gentlemen. The first quick story is Carrie Lake does not concede after Maricopa County certifies results. Jack Phillips, theepictimes.com with that piece. Also, Oath Keeper founder Stuart Rhodes was convicted on Tuesday of seditious conspiracy for a, quote, violent plot to overturn President Joe Biden's election, handing the deep state a huge uh, win. This is a sad tale, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I don't believe that Stuart Rhodes is guilty. Um, I believe they had to get uh, this on the books so that they could say, yeah, you know what, this was a, a conspiracy. This was a insurrection. Um, this is a serious concern. Um, they say it overturned the election. This really gets in the way of any election fraud claims that we may have, no matter how legitimate they are, when they literally just certify elections, right? Uh, that's a big problem. They say it's a major victory in the massive prosecution of the January 6th, 2021 insurrection. I'm going to take out the in this article headline, and I'm going to get rid of insurrection. Because I don't believe it was an insurrection at all. You know, Antifa can run around and be involved in this. Ray Epps and all these people. Uh, Revolver Magazine highlighted that. None of those people are in trouble, just Stewart. 
Stewart did not enter the Capitol. Stewart did not have any weapons in Washington, D.C. Uh, but yet they're going to let Ray Epps and, and, and cronies off the hook when we see them literally breaching barriers, literally Tower Man, who we don't know his name, but along with uh, Ray Epps and others leading people into the Capitol for this confrontation, we see their acts on video. Then uh, government officials literally ask the Attorney General and others about this. And we get, oh, we can't talk about that. We can't tell you. Well, were there any FBI directing of or guiding of anybody to be involved in? We can't answer any of that. When the government acts like that, folks, you know they're guilty as sin. So there you have those two stories. Election fraud just being codified in Arizona and all over the country. And now Oath Keeper founder Stuart Rhodes going uh, to jail. We don't know how long. They don't even know when his sentencing will be, but they claim it could be up to 60 years. This is insane, folks. While in Arizona, election officials are forced by law with threat of arrest to sign off on election results and certify them, even though they don't feel comfortable doing so because of the shenanigans, the fraud, the missteps, the problems, whatever words you want to use for this, they're going to be forced to certify anyway. And then they say we have no evidence of election problems. (laughs) And I just say, wow, there you have it. All right, um, I wanted to highlight those two stories because they're hot and because the mainstream press uh, either won't talk about them or when they do, they talk about them in a perverted way, and you had to get the record straight about what's really uh, going on here, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we have a guest. His name is William Taylor Rael, and he's involved with a group called the County Sheriff Brigades of Pennsylvania. CSPP is the initials. The website is sheriffbrigadesofpen.com. William, or he goes by Bill, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you. It's good to be with you. All right. Catch me up. Give you a little bit of a history. Who's Bill? Well, I'm uh, currently 80 years old. I've been involved in trying to understand uh, the law and the, and the state of affairs here in Pennsylvania since aggressively since 92 so 30 years plus in trying to to understand what's going on and then i worked with uh sheriff mack starting in the uh 19 oh excuse me 2009 became the uh state coordinator for for the sheriff uh peaceful sheriff peace officers and uh, sheriffs and peace officers association yeah we we, we, we keep losing you um, the we don't have a Pennsylvania state director though. Not now. Uh, at that time, uh, I volunteered and uh, we we started the uh, county sheriff brigades of Pennsylvania to implement that here in Pennsylvania. Um, okay, I just want to be clear on the radio though. That's a different organization that you created, separate from the CSPOA, right? Correct. Okay, but keep going. Ba- based based on support of what Sheriff Mack has been doing and is doing. Uh, Understood. Because yes, of my health, because of my health, uh, I became inactive for a while, but now back all, full strength and pursuing the massive corruption with respect to the county sheriffs here in Pennsylvania. Documented that, frankly, it has been unconstitutional, um, fraudulent, uh, and by intent for at least a hundred years, uh, but intently. With respect to the sheriffs um, minimizing their effect 
since, um, I guess, 1950, somewhere in that time frame. So what we have is a extensive documentation to show that by alleged constitutional amendment here in Pennsylvania to the state constitution, the attorney general, who was a, an appointee under the governor prior to that, uh, was made on a primary election uh, to be an independent uh, department in Pennsylvania and an elected uh, attorney general with the point that he was the chief law officer of the county, which then became the chief law enforcement officer in action. In 1980, that office was implemented, and the district attorneys in each county were, by statute, allegedly made the chief law enforcement officer in each county, stripping that authority, allegedly, from the sheriffs, which has always been, in in Pennsylvania, frankly, across the country, uh, the sheriff has always been the chief law enforcement officer in today's uh, parlance. But no, the effort has been intently going on to strip pretty much all offices, uh, row offices, as an example, the sheriff, um, uh, the uh, the justice of peace, and strip them of authority and turn them into uh, officers of the court and putting those who are attorneys in those positions in order to make them part of the judicial branch. And my yes, question let me, let me has stop always... you there. Let me stop you there to yeah. kind of clarify so people understand, Bill. What Bill's saying, ladies and gentlemen, is in several states in the Union, more so in the Northeast than in other places, Pennsylvania being one of the most egregious violators, what they've tried to do is they've tried to take the office of sheriff and literally turn them into officers of the court and make them paper pushers. Uh, you know, if you want someone to knock on your door and give a warrant to somebody or give a this or, a, you know, subpoena to somebody or, um, you know, serve somebody, then, you know, the paper pusher sheriff can go do that. Other than that, he might even run the jail. But other than that, he's kind of a nobody, can't really do anything, doesn't have any authority. That's what they're trying to do. And you know what? The sheriff had tremendous power even before the republic was founded, you know, in the colonies and, and, and beyond before that. The sheriff had tremendous executive authority, but over the years in the courts and in modifying and manipulating state constitutions, what they've done is they basically really reduced the sheriff to a nobody. Uh, And this is the problem that Bill is bringing up, ladies and gentlemen, and they've done some research. And so recently, the constitutional amendment process in the state of Pennsylvania is increasingly being abused. And what they're doing is they're changing the law more and more and more to the point where many of the public officials are not asking this question. Do we even need a constitution? Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. They swear an oath to it. Then they get in office and then they go, do we need a constitution at all? Um, So it brings up the question then, are the attorney generals and the district attorneys chief law enforcement officers, in other words, CLEOs? And that's really what your research is discovering is that, you know what, by manipulation of law, by abusing the amendment process, um, they have literally blurred the lines to where the checks and balances have, for the most part, been erased in the great state of Pennsylvania. Is that a good summary, Bill? It's a fair summary. The 
the bottom line is it was done, all of it was done by intent unconstitutionally. And the justification for the DAs to be the chief law enforcement officer are allegedly based on the role of the uh, district attorneys who at that in 1850, who prior to that were in fact deputies of the attorney general. And of course, when they created uh, unconstitutionally the office of attorney general, uh, and intentionally made him the chief law enforcement of the Commonwealth, then by extension as statute, the D- district attorneys were made uh, the chief law enforcement officer of each county based yeah, in on other, their role. In other words, they, they served at the behest of the AG as kind of uh, some or, uh, subordinate servant officers to carry out the same function at a county level, right? No, they actually in 1850, an amendment to the Constitution uh, severed the relationship of the deputy attorney generals and made them DAs elected in each county. So they are county officers and have always been county officers. But that attempt to transfer power was done based on their own statements on the authority and duties that the uh, uh, deputy attorney generals had in the counties prior to uh, 1850. Well, prior to 1850, in the 40s, they were stripped of all their authority, as was the district of uh, the attorney general. But the DAs were all stripped of all authority and had no authority to do anything with respect to uh, arrest. They were prosecutors, and that was it, which today they are, as a matter of law, they are the chief prosecutors. You look on uh, on the website for the Sheriff Brigades of Pennsylvania. You can read about this uh, extensively. The point being is they base their authority for the DAs to be the chief law enforcement officers on history prior to 1850. Prior to 1850, the courts, the judiciary was so corrupt that judges were not appointed. They were then elected as of 1850. And all the authority that the uh, attorney general had and the DAs had at that time was had been stripped away, according to the documents, by mislegislation. Well, that's not true. The fact it was because the judiciary was extremely corrupt. And that was the first amendment to the 1838 Constitution, which was the revision that preceded that. So... Uh, after a few years, everybody began to realize that the courts were so corrupt that they had to fix it. And the First Amendment at, uh, of the new Constitution in 1838 was done in 1850. Um, and then the provision for amending the Constitution says that you can't amend it more often than now five years. It used to be seven. And if you look at the times that the 1838 Constitution of Pennsylvania was amended, it was amended in 1850, 1857, 1864, and 1872, if the council called for it, and they never did. And so in, in 1789, a bunch of elitists in Philadelphia 
pushed through uh, a constitutional convention not authorized by any law in Pennsylvania other than the assumption that the people always retain the right to alter, reform, and abolish their governments when it becomes abusive. Well, it was just because the people who wanted to control the government at that time weren't getting the result they got they wanted out of the Council of Censors, which was the method by which the Constitution was to be amended. So then in 1790, they put no provision in that Constitution for amending it, just left it out, and then they recreated it in 1838 by making it five years. But so the, the bottom line, today, what you're the bottom line, what you're highlighting, though, Bill, is that just like land rights in America and when the authority of the general government to have land, it's very listed and very enumerated in the Constitution, but they have land for all kind of other reasons. They brought some of the later states into the union on an unfair footing or unequal footing scenario. And land rights have been debated back and forth like this as well. And what you're really driving at is historically they have tried to seize power and literally defang or, you know what, de-authority the sheriff's power. And they've done that by hook and by crook, by um, amendments, by no amendments, by, uh, you know, it's gone back and forth for, to the point where now it's debatable. Do we need a constitution, they say. It's debatable if the attorney general and the DAs are the chief law enforcement officers. Well, if we leave out the word chief, then you say, are they law enforcement officers? Well, what about the sheriffs? We go on and on. What they're really trying to do is muddy the water and divorce us from our history, Bill. They're stripping the people of their rights because when they put attorneys in these positions, and of course the DA has to be an attorney here in Pennsylvania, and now they're more attorneys in the sheriff's office, in the justice of peace, which they changed the district magistrates. Uh, they have, in fact, made that part of what they call a uniform, uniform uh, judicial system, which went into effect, again, controversially, uh, in uh, 1968 here in Pennsylvania. The entire effort to strip the people of their representatives, those that are in the position of authority to interpose between government and the people, that's the sheriff and the justice of peace, so forth, and turn that over to members of the judiciary. And they claim they aren't part of the judicial branch, but that is a absolute lie. They are totally, every attorney is totally under control of the, uh, the state Supreme Court. That's in Article 5, Section 10C, well documented. And, and the bar in general, right? Well, the bar, the bar is sometimes thought of as something to do uh, bar association that's a private uh, organization of attorneys it is but you got to be subject to that though if you're not bar certified you're not going to be a da or an attorney general all right the bar association is different than the bar the bar is a a, a accreditation process by the supreme court to allow attorneys to practice in the courts of the state and you got to be certified by the uh american bar association and the uh, United States Supreme Court to go in for federal courts. The point being is that whole process, along with a whole other, lot of other things, for instance, uh, there's a, a doctrine that they developed called incorporation or selective incorporation that allows the courts to, incorp- to use the provisions of the first eight articles of the Bill of Rights for the federal courts to come into the states. 
That is absolutely made out of whole cloth. They have no authority to do that. And if you read their alleged authority under Marbury versus Madison, Marshall clearly says that the judges are bound bound by their oath. So we need the to attorney start general, example. the attorney general, and the district attorneys, and the and the judges, and all these people though have this fiduciary responsibility to the judicial branch. When we come back, we're going to fast forward. 1968 was the last time I think that the um, Pennsylvania state constitution was uh, modified. We'll talk about that, and then what are we going to do today in seconds? Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Volcano Mauna Loa on Hawaii's Big Island continues to spew magma at exit points known as fissures. Fissure number three continues to remain active, shooting lava between 50 and 100 feet high. Fissure number four, a smaller one that opened up Monday night, is feeding lava in a northeast direction, but still miles away from civilization. Some of President Biden's judicial nominees will face criticism at today's Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. Republican lawmakers will question nominees for their track record on soft-on-crime judgments and their legal theories on the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. A known trespasser was taken into custody by New York City police after a suspicious powder he allegedly left behind in a Hyatt hotel room caused a maid to become sick on Tuesday. A 55-year-old man was taken into custody. Charges against him are pending and have not been released. NYPD Assistant Chief James McCarthy said explosive material is believed to be the powdery substance. Since the substance, substance had been cleaned and was no longer visible in the bathroom, fire department swabbed various surfaces of the room, which initially indicated that it was, there was a possible trace of amount of explosive substance. Let's get an update on the possible railroad strike. Tim Berg in Phoenix reports. President Biden met with congressional leaders and asked them to prevent a rail strike just weeks before Christmas. House Minority Leader from California, Kevin McCarthy, says this should have been solved months ago. This was in a negotiation that was selected by this administration. This was something that was celebrated by this administration that it was fixed. And now right before a holiday season, Right when farmers need to ship their goods and others, we have to rush something to the floor. USA Radio News. What's the best product I bought this year? Oh, that's easy. Salon Paz Pain Relieving Patches. The proven medicines in Salon Paz Patches reduce my pain and let me do the things I need to do every day. In a recent clinical study, patients using Salon Paz reported improved sleep, mood, and the ability to work. They had less pain and were able to reduce their use of oral pain medications. For pain, I use Salon Paz. It's good medicine. The buy one, get one free special going on now at MyPillow. MyPillow bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, the roll and go, go anywhere MyPillows, and a six-piece towel sets on special. Go to MyPillow.com slash USA, use promo code USA, or call 1-800-951-8175 and find out all the great deals you can get right now at MyPillow. MyPillow.com slash USA.
Brian, happy to have you along, my fellow American Sam Bushman, on your radio. Our guest, William Taylor Rael, known as Bill. He's with the County Sheriff Brigade of Pennsylvania, CSPP. To learn more, Sheriff Brigade of Penn.com. Sheriff Brigades of Penn.com. Bill? Yeah, I was going to say it's brigades. Um, and then just explore, go under resources uh, up on the top bar and and start reading. Uh, these documents with respect to the amendment process and the sheriff and also the Act 77, which had to do with uh, unlimited mail-in ballots, are discussed in the first set of documents that I put on at that location. And uh, feel free to, to read them and, and uh, see the logic. There is an outline uh, so you can follow through those two topics. So I. But bottom line, ladies well, and gentlemen, the constitutional amendment process is increasingly being abused to the point where public officials are saying, do we even need a state constitution? Uh, are Clio really the attorney generals and the DAs? Okay, they're blurring these lines. They've been doing so for decades, Bill. Now, right before the pause, we were talking about this idea that, you know, they're blurring this. Uh, and they're doing it intentionally uh, to take away the power of the sheriff. And they're using attorneys as the way they're going to put this power. But it's all under one branch, the judicial branch. And that's really the problem here. There's no separation of powers, right? That's right. And by intent, that's how they're taking over. And this is not just in Pennsylvania. This is a national effort. And it's going on, I think, in pretty much every state. You can look at your own state and figure it out. But it's absolutely well documented here in Pennsylvania. And what I've tried to do is put together those documents in a uh, readable form, excerpts from them, so that people can follow this and then stand together and say, no, we're not going to uh, comply and uh, put people in office that will stop this process. The amendment process has been used aggressively for many, many years to circumvent the authority of the governor in normal legislation and because in pennsylvania the governor is not involved in the amendment process and they use that uh, unfortunately now the uh, pennsylvania's for modern courts are complaining that's an organization under the bar association um complaining that the, the process of amending our state constitution is dangerous because the general assembly is using it to strip powers from the judiciary and the executive branch so this system that they created intentionally, uh, starting in the 60s and again in the 90s, to allow the, the courts to control everything is now coming back and biting the judiciary, and now they're upset with it. That's where the comments are Wait, made. Hold on. Coming back and biting the legislative body, right? Biting the, uh, no, the attorneys and judges and the bar associations and so forth. They are, in other words, the General Assembly is using this, constant ability to amend the constant our state no, I get it, but, the, but the general assembly is the legislative branch right that's correct but they're using it to strip away powers from the judiciary and the executive branch and the judiciary is now complaining that the system right. that they intentionally created is being used against them i and understand it's, it's it's you know hypocrisy but but uh, my point is the legislative body is the one stripping everybody of power they thought they were going to gain power on the judiciary so they were all for it now they find out they're getting their power stripped as well and now they're starting to riot over it 
Well, they used the amendment process and perverted it by putting amendments every every year unless a particular uh, article or uh, section of an article was being modified. Then they could change it in, within two sessions. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not what the law says. But they perverted this called it article-by-article method starting in actually 1964. So the point being is, the process has been intentionally perverted, and as I say, now because the General Assembly is using it against the legislature, I mean, excuse me, against the judiciary, then the judiciary, the bars, uh, attorneys and judges are, are upset. And in May, they had a symposium made up of three law professors from the, by the Pennsylvania Modern Courts, an organization created by the bar, uh, Pennsylvania Bar Association, to do the modif- to encourage and affect the, the modification. And that's where the comment about do we need a, a, a constitutional law came out. That was one of the three law professors. Yeah, because it's being obliterated and it's being moved back and forth and games are being played to the point where it seems like it has no teeth to separate powers well, as was intended by the founding fathers. Now, this has happened all over the country, as you wisely point out, Bill. This has been happening to uh, take away sheriff's authority and power uh, but this has also been done over land rights this has been done over uh, the sheriff's authority it's been done uh, in many states over the last hundred plus years for a lot of reasons on a lot of topics and a lot of issues the real core of the discussion is we are obliterating the checks and balances that our founding fathers put in place and we are going to rue the day uh, that we allowed this to continue if we don't stand up and stop it right Right, and in fact, the method that they're using has been implemented nationally. I have documentation to show that. And and they rely on, on the divisive organizations like the Southern Poverty Law Center, as an example, and people who spun off of that to uh, influence the, those in government and, of course, the attorneys who are in government to say that uh, Sheriff Mack's organization, the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, the Sheriff Brigades of Pennsylvania, we are anti-government um, uh, entities that are trying to destroy this country as far as from the truth as possible because they have to lie. They have to lie to try to uh, disenfranchise people who are, really care about this country and the law. And the methods that the uh, attorneys and judges and professors of law have put in place through the elite uh, law schools starting in, I don't know, um, 1892, as an example, uh, aggressively. The point being is, by documenting this, it, it lies, it lays open the truth of how unconstitutional these things are. And as anybody who knows about constitutional law, is that something that's unconstitutional is null and void from the time it was done. And now they claim that the only ones that can determine something that's unconstitutional are the courts, and that's absurd. The people are the sovereigns in this country. We are the ultimate authority here on, on the world. Obviously, God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are the true sovereign. But the point being is we have to know enough to say to people in power, you have no authority to do what you're doing. Therefore, what you're doing is null and void. Your oath is being violated. Those are felonies. You need to stop or be arrested, or in the case of the sheriff, escorting people who have no authority to be in the county, 
to the county line or put them in jail. And now that's the task of trying to get them to do this. And that's the reason they have tried to neuter the sheriffs, because they have the power at the county level. Always have him. All right. So the story is they've had the power. There's no question about it. Now that power is being debated because the obliteration uh, that has been taking place and the blurring of the lines and the checks and balances so much so that Yahoo News wrote an article. Caitlin Dixon wrote it for Yahoo. And the headline says Constitutional Sheriff's Movement urges law enforcement to intervene in election process. Now, the whole headline from the get-go is wordsmith and manipulated to be dishonest. Uh, Sheriffs are not being encouraged to, quote, intervene uh, in a negative way. What law enforcement officers, sheriffs who are elected by the people in the executive branch in the county, uh, they are responsible for all crime in their county. Not some crime, not eked out sections of crime that can be ignored or somehow separate from the sheriff's authority. Sheriffs have a responsibility to stop all crime in their counties, including election crime. And so this idea that these sheriffs are somehow intervening where they don't belong is the lie of the article. We're urging law enforcement to intervene in the election process. No, that's not true. Intervene makes it sound like we have an agenda to manipulate elections. No, the sheriffs have the authority, the obligation, and the responsibility to prosecute crime in their counties wherever it is found. That's a big difference, Bill, and that's at the core of the discussion, right? They have that authority, but because of what the legislature, the amendment process, and have done in Pennsylvania, they have allegedly stripped that authority, and the courts, of course, stripped that authority and made them this, like you said, it's courthouse lackeys. I, I tend to say that because they don't have any control over the prisons anymore. They won't vote on the prison board, as an example. Yeah, courthouse lackeys, paper pushers, same deal. They're, they're literally right. uh, just paper pusher. You know, they're not really vested with authority as the founding fathers intended and was hitherto the case. When we come back, we've talked about the history with Bill in detail. When we come back, I want to talk about the solution, right? The solution is important. SheriffBrigadesOfPen.com is the website to learn more. Our guest is Bill. We'll talk more in seconds on your radio. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, William Taylor Rael, he goes by Bill. He's with the County Sheriff's Brigade of Pennsylvania. CSPP is the organization. SheriffBrigadesofPenn.com is their website. And Bill's saying, hey, you know what? They're abusing the amendment process. They're literally perverting the Pennsylvania state constitution. And they're literally taking sheriff's power and destroying it, putting it all in the legislative branch now wait they're putting in the judicial branch but then the legislative branch is taking away authority from everybody via this dishonest amendment manipulation process bottom line folks sheriffs have authority and what they're doing now is this is happening all across the country and the constitutional sheriff's movement urges law enforcement to intervene in the election process writes yahoo news they're wrong. Their whole article is full of misstatements and propaganda. They say we say the sheriff is more powerful than the president, more powerful than God, basically. They lie. We don't think that at all. We believe there's checks and balances that are existing in America vertically and horizontally. And those checks and balances, according to the general constitution of the United States of America and every state constitution, the founders intended for those separation of powers to be clear and defined and consistent and that each branch of government was to jealously guard their authority, their responsibility from the others. And now this is being obliterated. Uh, Bill, what's the solution? The solution I, is, first of all, education, like you point out, is if people don't know uh, what the law is, of course, they are more easily uh, uh, taken astray and, and, in fact, go along to get along a lot of times. And I understand that because it's, very dangerous to speak up, particularly now. It's increased tremendously in the 30 years that I've been involved. But you go to, you and I, normal citizens, go to jail for trivial things where those in government can do pretty much what they want to do. In fact, uh, that's been proven over and over to me here in Pennsylvania. The remedy is, first of all, to insist that the organizations that profess to be um, supporting and obeying the, the uh, constitutions, the Sheriff's Association, the Deputy Sheriff's Association, the Constable's Association, stand up and say, we are the uh, executive authority in the county, the, the chief, and anyone who violates the law is subject to arrest, and then start doing it. Now, they face tremendous, tremendous uh, opposition, so the people have to be willing to stand with their sheriffs 
and we encourage that. In fact, um, the posse movement is absolutely the way to do it, and it's constitutional. And and the uh, the county sheriff is usually the head of those posses, but doesn't have to be. And here in Pennsylvania, of course, they are told, no, there's no authority. And if, in fact, you try to do anything with respect to uh, sheriffs having authority, um, you can be attorneys can be disbarred. And I have seen that threat in front of me in court. The point being is that's the control of the judiciary. So we really don't have any separation of powers anymore and haven't had for quite some time. This is not a compound republic, as Madison said in Federalist 51, it's supposed to be. And frankly, as uh, Justice Scalia uh, pointed out in Max Prince versus U.S. in the uh, in his opinion, we we have the power, we have even court decisions to use against these folks. But of course, the uh, organizations everywhere have attorneys, and attorneys tell the leaders of those organizations, "This is how it has to be. This is the law." When in fact it's not. And in Pennsylvania, for instance, freedom of speech and, and debate, Article 1, Section 7 of the Declaration of Rights, is extremely powerful for the authority of the people to instruct, question uh, those in government. And in that authority, which is not part of the government's authority, although they claim it is, um, the government claims it is, uh, to say to those in in a, a positions of authority here's the law you need to listen you can't have us arrested you can't go into executive session you can't kick us off the podium because we have a constitutionally protected right to question what you are doing and you're not following the law you need to address these problems if we get it at the county level and frankly then the sheriff is willing to step in and say to the board members as an example you either listen to what is being told to you and follow your oath or I will, in fact, arrest you. That's the remedy. Now, getting sheriffs to do that is not easy, particularly since they've been replacing a lot of sheriffs with attorneys because they have allegiance to the courts. And that is the, the tragedy of what we're facing. And this is not just in Pennsylvania. The, uh, the organizations that have been uh, put in place to affect this are national. They are tremendously powerful, well-funded, and uh, well-organized. We the people have to wake up and learn how to say no with authority and stand together. I've uh, been trying to do this for many years, and now it's getting critical because they are pressing the takeover to a point where we have people in Pennsylvania, as an example. We have a senator-elect, the United States Congress, who has no, in my opinion, has no business being anything. But he was the lieutenant governor prior to his election to the Senate. How in the world yeah, is so that Bill, So, Bill, I say you're right on a lot of points. I agree with the idea that they're obliterating the checks and balances across America. Sheriffs are in the, um, you know, hot seat uh, for being attacked and, and their power being taken away and everything else. The people are derelict in their duty, not stopping it. You're right on all those points. Where I would disagree a little bit, at least when it comes to the CSPOA, we are a training organizational group, and that's why having you on to educate people that this is happening and that we need to stop it is vital. Uh, we encourage sheriffs to stand up and be counted and to hold on to their authorities, the appropriate executive branch in the county. As you know, they attack us relentlessly, claiming that we say that the sheriff is more powerful than God, kind of an idea, which is a lie. We believe in the checks and balances. When it comes to arresting people, the reason that most sheriffs will not arrest 
people as you say that they should is because there are checks and balances. If the sheriff investigates something, comes back with evidence, it is supposed to be the DA to prosecute in most places. Now, I know that a lot of this is being debated and obliterated and all this kind of stuff. I get it. But I also realize, so, for example, Sheriff Leaf uh, in Michigan has literally uh, got evidence over the last two and a half years of election fraud. Uh, and he's turned it over to his DA, and his DA will do nothing with it. Well, the sheriff cannot concentrate power to himself and become jury and executioner, judge, jury, and executioner either. And so there's a that's balance. Not what I'm, Sam, that's not I get what it. I'm saying. I get it. But listen, so the, in order for the, the sheriffs to arrest the authority, people. Sam, the executive branch controls the prosecution, not the prosecution, but the arrest. The governor in this state is the chief. He succeeds that the laws are faithfully executed. That's his primary duty. That's been taken away and given to the attorney no, general. I get it, but but due process though requires these right. checks and balances that I'm speaking of. All right. So the sheriff arrests based on his investigation, and then it's handed over to the district attorney, is the chief prosecutor, and the judge who is to do the judging. And of course, the jury is supposed to be the one who makes the ultimate decision. That's been stripped as well. So the point you're right, being is, you're right that that's been obliterated. The problem is when you say it's been stripped, though, see, a sheriff cannot just arrest if they don't have the proper charges filed, if they don't have, if they don't know what the prosecutor's going to uh, do with the information that they have. You're going to hold someone and then just release somebody, making the sheriff look like a fool. Uh, if you don't have the evidence, you got to do due process. You got to have speedy it's, trial. It's, you got to have Sam, all these things in place. Sam, it's the authority. To investigate and to arrest that is in the hands of the sheriff lawfully. So they have to do the due diligence. They have to do the investigation. Now we have a state police that was created here in Pennsylvania in 1905 that has the most powerful arrest power over and above the county sheriff. That is not true. It It never has been. I agree. That is correct. But what I will say, though, is this. And I'll bring sitting uh, active sheriffs on the radio and on the TV over the next several weeks to discuss this in greater detail, but a lot of sheriffs are saying, look, you want me just to arrest everybody, but let's say Joe Biden comes into my county as a sheriff, and I arrest him and say, hey, he was involved in election fraud, uh, you know, over Donald Trump or whatever, and I do, unless I can get a DA to prosecute, unless I can get action to be taken, at some point due process, and at some point speedy trial, and at some point innocent until proven guilty, and at some point getting out on bail and everything else just applies. And even though the sheriff might have information, unless the the uh, three branches of government, in this case primarily the sheriff, the executive, and the judicial, unless they work together in tandem, the system falls apart, sir. The checks and balances are a double-edged sword. They're good because they divide power in government, but they're a little bit frustrating when we want an arrest because we cannot be judged during executioner. I get your point, but a sheriff's not going to arrest you're unless making, he feels You're making like. that, Sam. All due respect, you're making a false statement. I have never, nor has Sheriff Mack said, that the sheriff is the, uh, all from three branches. But he is, as a matter of history and law, the chief executive officer, the chief law enforcement in every county. And when, as an example, the, the position is if the president of the United States or his minions comes into the sheriff's county, like you folks out in the West are doing, God bless you, notifying those agencies that if you come check with the sheriff and the sheriff determines whether that agency has authority to come in and bother the citizens of his county agree when that occurs when that occurs and that's the right thing to do 
And if he's not, what is the remedy that Sheriff Mack has always been uh, putting forward? He the can force them to leave the county escort, or arrest them? Escort them out of the county or arrest them. That's right. That's what we're trying to get the sheriffs in Pennsylvania to do. And using the sheriff, the Pennsylvania Sheriff's Association and Deputy Sheriff's Association, we're trying to start that ball rolling because they constantly complain when the legislature tries to strip powers away. I've been in a number of those hearings in Harrisburg, and we the people have won a few of those arguments. But they, the sheriffs are, many of them are very frustrated with the effect to strip away any semblance of authority. Now the question we're putting to them here in Pennsylvania is, here's the evidence, stand up, reclaim your lawful authority, and instruct your organizations to fight for you. That's their charter, that's their mission, that's what they claim on their website, that that's what they're there for. All I'm asking people anywhere to do is do your job. All right, so Bill, we're gonna have to take, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep you to the second hour. Because I agree okay. with what you're saying. Fundamentally, you're correct on principle that sheriffs are the executive, the chief executive in their counties. They do have authority. But again, I'm going to go back to this reality check. Okay, there's, there, there's, the, there's the constitution of a given state and the constitution at the general level that lay out principles. Based on principles, what you say is correct and has merit and is what we teach and is what some sheriffs are willing to do. But the sheriff, as the executive in his county, cannot violate the other two branches of government. And the sheriff has an obligation, to some degree, to act as he thinks best in his office. We're going to talk about that in detail with Bill next hour. Because I agree with a lot of the fundamentals Bill is talking about. But when the rubber meets the road, there's a little bit of difference in terms of day-to-day reality. So let me explain it this way. We teach to the ideal, but we live in the real. We'll start out with that next hour. We're talking to William Taylor Rael. He's with a group called the County Sheriff Brigades of Pennsylvania, CSPP. SheriffBrigadesOfPen.com. We'll talk more in seconds. Hour one of the can, hour two coming up. God save the Republic. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio, hard hitting news. The networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for November the thirtieth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-two. We use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, as the blueprint for liberty. We also believe the checks and balances are brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers and one of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution and stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. All right, William Taylor Rael is with us. He goes by Bill, and he's with the County Sheriff's Brigade of Pennsylvania, 
CSPP, Sheriff Brigades of Penn.com is his website. We've talked about the history of the constitutional amendment process and how it's been abused all around the country, but a great case study of it is in the great state of Pennsylvania. And it's increasingly being abused to obliterate the checks and balances vertically and horizontally in the republic, where some people are even saying, do we need a constitution? Okay, are the attorney generals and the district attorneys, are they really law enforcement officers? All this is being debated till the cows come home, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, the constitutional sheriff's movement has really tried to focus on helping people understand the proper role of government with checks and balances, okay? And the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org, has really worked to educate and train about this. Bill's right when he says, hey, the sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer in his county, in his jurisdiction. Uh, They try to manipulate those statements and say, we think the sheriff's like God and he's got more power than the president. That's a lie. It's a jurisdictional discussion of authority, not a power play of who's got greater power. And that's where they miss the mark. Uh, Furthermore, uh, Bill's right. You know what? The sheriff can remove people from his county and or arrest them uh, if they come in uh, without authority. uh, And the sheriff should act as interposer against the abuser, protecting the citizen. All that that Bill points to is correct, and we agree, and we train to that. But remember, we teach or educate to the ideal, but we live in the real. And what does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? It means we have 3,000-plus sheriffs across the country. Some of them are good people but don't understand their oath of office. I know that's a crisis. That's why we aim to train towards that reality and help them understand their oaths, their responsibility, their obligation. Help them live up to their authority, not live beneath it and get bullied around by the other abusive branches of government, okay? We teach that. Uh, But many are good guys and don't understand their oath. We teach that to them. Many of them are good people, but they're really hesitant to take action in certain cases for a variety of reasons. And every sheriff has the authority to say, you know what, I'm going to crack down on and enforce this law. This law I'm not going to be as egregious or as intent on. Uh, Every sheriff has authority and understands the Constitution slightly differently. Yes, we believe in constitutional principles. Yes, we teach to them. But we also recognize sheriffs have authority. A sheriff could pull you over and say, hey, you're speeding. you got to stop that and decide not to give you a ticket, for example. Or he can give you a ticket. So there's a lot of latitude about what laws we're going to uphold when Uh, you know, an illegal comes into an area. Uh, The sheriff can say, we're going to arrest you and deport you, or the sheriff can say, look, uh, you know, uh, we're not going to do that. You're in a city. Now there's overlap with the city, and the city's got uh, appointed police chiefs who say they're a sanctuary city, and now I can go to battle with the police chief, or I can let it go in your city. And the debate is all about violating the checks and balances and stripping away authority and jurisdiction from sheriffs. It's a trend that is dangerous. It needs to stop. But on this confusion that the American people have over this, they want you to believe that the sheriffs are just crazy, part of a vigilante movement to destroy the country and act like kings. It's a lie. So Bill's right on this. But when it comes down to authority versus power, we've got real discussions to make. 
So, Bill, I want you to be able to respond to this, and then I'm going to give examples from real cases in America. Let's do it. The, the position with respect to everybody in government and those who report to everybody in government, they're supposed to take an oath of office, which is extremely clear. In Pennsylvania, they're supposed to take that oath. The General Assembly is an example. Take it tomorrow. But they don't. They wait until January to take it. So the full first month and a half that they work, they have no authority to do there. They get paid, but they don't think they have to because they're told they don't have to worry about taking their oath of office. The oath of office is that which gives the uh, individual the authority to act in his office. Yeah, it's delegated authority from we the people, from the consent of the governed, sir. Go ahead. Correct. So when you say the, the sheriff has the discretion, sure he does. But if he's true to his oath and he sees a crime or is informed that a crime is being committed, it seems to me very clear that his duty is at least to investigate and to determine whether there has been a crime committed. And if so, his duty is to arrest. Then, and only then, does the judiciary get any authority, the DA, the prosecutor, and the judge in that county. Unfortunately, that's not what they do because they're told, because of what has happened here unlawfully, that they don't have this authority anymore. My point to everybody who's listening is your sheriff is, in fact, as a matter of history and law, the chief executive of that county and the chief law enforcement in today's uh, parliament. My point is there, there is, I have a paper on the website that uh, uh, compromise um, and pragmatism is, a, is generally the source of tyranny. You can read that. And that was written when our sheriff here in Chester County said, well, you have to be practical. No. If you're a sheriff, you take an oath to do your job, and it's true with everybody in government, frankly, then they don't do it because they're told by attorneys, and they listen to the courts. I have another paper on there, no such thing as case law. So read the evidence that yeah, says no, I, I get what it. So let me, what let me give you some examples. Let, well, me, let me give you real yeah. examples on the ground because I understand what you're saying, and I don't disagree with a lot of your points. The oh, I problem know, is – I know the sheriff – Sam, I know the here's sheriff is doing their job. And I know well, a lot of them aren't a lot of them okay. are, not but, but a lot but of them are, them. no, but gotta, I agree. We replace them. Absolutely. Right. We agree. But let me give you an Good. example to make real points. And I want to skip this next break. Bill's got valid points, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not at odds with Bill. I know he might feel like that I am, but I'm not. The difference between Bill and I is I'm in the trenches at the CSPOA with personal experiences and examples working with sheriffs being on the inside and knowing what the sheriffs have to deal with. Uh, and, and that's why I say we teach to the ideal and live in the real. There's a lot of sheriffs that mean well. Let me give you the, the prime example. Sheriff Richard Mack. He's a great man. Love him to death. I work with him and for him every day. And I have for well over a decade. In fact, I'm the CEO of his organization. Okay? So I'm as involved as you can get. Now, let me tell you a story about Sheriff Richard Mack. 25 years ago, he was a Graham County Sheriff, and most people know this story, so I'll highlight it quickly. And Bill Clinton said, we're going to shove the Brady Bill down the throats, and you sheriffs are going to carry the ball. And most sheriffs whined and grumbled and complained, and in my opinion, they were derelict in their duty, and they complained but didn't really fight back. Shame on them. They should have been replaced at the time. But literally out of 3,000 of them, only about five to seven total stood up. 
And without Richard Mack, none of them were standing up. But when Richard Mack provided leadership, a few stand up, stood up, and that's why it's called the Prince Mack decision. They got it wrong at the court docket, etc. Prince is doing nothing to carry forward this case. Mack is doing everything that he possibly can. But Mack basically stood up first and said, I'm not going to do it, Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton laughed at Sheriff Mack and says, shut up, Sheriff, sit down, I'll, I'll arrest you if you don't do what I say. And I submit to you that the president did not have authority. Richard Mack did have authority, to Bill's point. That's right. But here's what happened in the case. They went all the way to the Supreme Court, and Richard Mack won, and Bill Clinton lost. And in that greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered, listen carefully, uh, it said that Richard Mack was forced to decide between keeping his oath of office and obeying Bill, so to speak. Now, that was in an Bill, appellate Bill court. Clinton, Bill that, Clinton, that is. <laughs> that was in an appellate court. Uh, Richard Mack was forced with this decision to keep his oath uh, or obey Bill. Well, you, can't, you couldn't do both. So they sided with Richard Mack. Bill Clinton lost, and Richard Mack won the case. That's great. We got a case president. We got a decision. We've got the truth. It's the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered. We've been teaching and educating about this for 25-plus years now. You can get a summary of the case at CSPOA.org, where you can see what the judges said, what Anton Scalia wrote in the the um, winning decision, etc. Okay, now, let me explain what happened next. Richard Mack faced the next election and lost during his case. And he lost. The people said that Richard Mack was too busy with national affairs to care about his county and so he lost the election he was a two-term sheriff and then he lost now he paid a big penalty because he could have not fought that fight and remained sheriff but he decided to stand and lost now let me tell you another story there's a guy by the name of nick finch a florida sheriff in a place called liberty county florida and what happened is he was eating dinner with his wife. And while doing so, he got a call from a deputy that said, listen, I arrested a man who has a gun, who did not have a gun permit, and uh, he's in jail. And Sheriff Nick Finch, a good sheriff, said, look, we're not going to do that. So he went down. He released the guy from prison. He let him have his gun back. Uh, and he said, look, we don't violate the Second Amendment in my county. So he was a constitutional sheriff. You want to know what happened, Bill? He lost. Are you familiar with Are you familiar with this story? Yeah. yeah. All right, the sheriff was arrested by the governor. Well, really by the governor's minions, but at the behest of the governor. Eventually they had a court case, and eventually, and we had Richard Mack in the courtroom monitoring that case. I was on the radio. We put Richard on the radio to highlight exactly what happened, and Nick Finch won. And the governor was shut down, and the sheriff got out of jail, was replaced as sheriff with back pay. He got all of his money, too. All was well. But guess what happened next? Nick Finch lost his next election. Right. All right. Now, those are two examples of sheriffs that have stood up nobly, boldly, independently, but now they've lost. So now let's take another case in Michigan, Sheriff Darleaf. Great man, constitutional sheriff, willing, as you say, to stand up. All right. Uh, he's been investigating elections for two years now. 
His DA will not prosecute. He uh, is now fighting off lawsuits because now they're suing the sheriff saying, hey, he's interfering with elections. He's saying, no, I have evidence. But now the sheriff comes on the radio with me and says, hey, I'm fighting this fight. I've been fighting it for two years, but, man, I don't have money to deal with these lawsuits. Now what does this sheriff do? And this is where I'm talking about, you know what? We teach to the truth. We teach and educate to the ideal, but we got to live in the real. The real is I've given you examples of sheriffs that have lost their elections for standing up. And I give you now an example of a Nick Finch. What does he do? What does Sheriff Schmeling do? What what do these different um, sheriffs do when they're up against the wall? Right? What do they do? Right? You can say take action, but if they do, oftentimes they get buried in lawsuits. Oftentimes they get railroaded from their constituents. When the people don't stand up with the sheriff, the sheriff oftentimes just gets hung out to dry. Now, I'm not defending the sheriff's not obeying the law. Don't misunderstand me. But what I am telling you is it's a very difficult scenario uh, in America. So take Maricopa County. The sheriff won't stand up with election fraud. You've even got certain counties in Arizona where they've been forced to certify elections with threat of arrest if they don't. And now the sheriffs won't investigate that. Why? Because they know that it'll be political suicide if they do. Not physical suicide, political. Don't misunderstand my statements, anybody. But I'm telling you, that. so now what do we the people do? We can get elect a different sheriff, which we need to. I agree. But at the same time, when the people are immoral, George Washington taught we have religion and morality, the two great supports. We need to avoid foreign wars, and we need to avoid parties. Okay, in George Washington's farewell address, that's what he highlighted. We've embraced parties, we've embraced foreign wars, and we don't have religion and morality as the core moral supports in America anymore. And so therefore, you know what? These checks and balances are gonna continue to get obliterated more and more and more and more. And the only defense against it is the people to become moral and religious and stand up to stop it. And unless we do, even good sheriffs doing the best they can, just get railroaded and maligned and abused to the point where, hey. So I'm not saying that they shouldn't stand up. What I'm saying is the people really have the primary responsibility. After all, it's us that delegated authority to them. And if they're abusing it, it's up to us to replace them or take back that authority in some meaningful way. Uh, And so we like to blame everybody else. We don't like to take personal responsibility, Bill. Well, in all due respect, the way I term this relationship is the way it's uh, supposed to be and the way it is is an equivalent to what you frame it. And when, if the constitutions, state and federal, mean anything at all, when you take an oath, it means put, it's like going in the military. I spent eight years in the Air Force and I took an oath and I put my life on the line multiple times. That's the, the duty of a person who takes an oath. The same thing with everybody in government and those who work for those in government because they're responsible to their boss who did take the oath. So this this idea that you can choose not to do your job is a myth. Now, I agree. I agree. I agree a 200 percent that it's up to the people to stand behind. And that if you look at 
our website to stand behind their sheriff when they do their job. But frankly, if they don't, then the people need to take action to either get them to do their job or remove them and put somebody in there who will stand up because it's, it's absolutely a feckless office if all you're going to do is protect yourself. Now, I totally understand that. Tell me, I have been in, put in jail many times for standing up was right. And, I, and so I don't speak from uh, some naive position. And I'm saying to everybody, if we're going to reclaim our constitutional republics, the law has to work according to the way it was intended. That's the, the power of the Max Prince case. Absolutely. And Scalia's definition of their dissenting opinion was empty formalistic reasoning of the highest order. Scalia got it right. The dissenting opinion in his case was ludicrous, but typical. So when I go out and talk about what Sheriff Mack has done, using the Pennsylvania Constitution and the powers in the Declaration of Rights, and, instru- and helping people understand you can tell those in office, but those who you're speaking in front of, every one of them took an oath of office. They all have a solicitor or an attorney to advise them. And I go right after them. They take a note too, but they're they're bound to the courts. They're they lie constantly. And the answer is you're committing a felony every time you violate your oath of office. In Pennsylvania, legislators can be arrested for violating their oath of office. That's in the Constitution, Article two, Section fifteen. The point being I'm I'm making is the law is on our side and if those in office aren't going to follow their oath, we don't need them. They are better off out on the street, frankly, sweeping them. That's what they're qualified to do. That's what we're going to act. But we have them, and so that's the way it is. I agree with you. Now, saying you have to go along or give the sheriff a break. Hold no. on. Hold on. I'm not saying we have to go along or give the sheriff a break. That's not what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to you that we need to replace them. I agree that the sheriffs should keep their oath of office and do their job. But I'm telling you, when sheriffs do that, oftentimes they just get removed and replaced with somebody who won't do their job. And, 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 and that's the problem the, what we're facing in America. Okay. So what's the remedy to that is that sheriff obviously is in the best position to educate his constituents. So if he, in fact, gets active. Hold on. He should be, but he may not, though. Well, right, What is the sheriff, Penzone in, in – in, uh, Arizona in the largest county there, Maricopa County, that replaced Joe Arpaio. This guy's not interested in creating accountability for election fraud. He knows that his people are even forced to certify the election against their will with threat of arrest if they don't. And that sheriff is absolutely incompetent. Agreed. And so, all right, so, so, sheriff. Agreed. So now what do we do? Standing up. The answer is. I tell you, and I know you experience this as well. Everybody does that's involved with this. The people are waking up and saying there's something really wrong. So our job Roger is that. to say, look, the, what's really wrong is that the law is not being followed by those in, in the government. And the answer is the people have to do what they do. And I don't mean go to war. That's the worst thing to do. I understand. Because so 4.5 million people. So mm-hmm. 4.5 million people in Maricopa County have a responsibility to replace their sheriff, right? And I tell you, it, based on what happened this last election, I believe that many of those people will say, holy cow, and maybe they'll vote differently next time. 
But that effort is well. Or, is hold on, or maybe them. they voted right already, and there's election fraud, and uh, there, there you go, right? Well, I, I think all that evidence is available, but and there's a lot of people working on this uh, election integrity. Uh, there are, and here in Pennsylvania as well. But the point being is, if you don't have a place to go to litigate that, or someone who's willing to stand up and say no, along with all of us, by the way. Uh, it's sort of if you take an example of uh, uh, Chris Ann Hall in uh, Florida and her efforts to try to people teach people the law and say the sheriff's the remedy and we have to stand up and not comply. That's the remedy. And unfortunately, if we don't take the framers' position in the Declaration of Independence and pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor, this is going to go on. And I know it's costly. I know it personally. But I'm not going to say the sheriff shouldn't do it. In fact, the sheriff should do it. Hold on. And if he hold gets, on. We have never hold on. hold on. Hold on. We have never okay. said the sheriff shouldn't do it. Well, in essence, you have. No, I have because not. Because the consequence. Well, the consequences is he's going to lose his office. Then you're saying. I'm that. telling. You, hold on. No, I'm telling you the reality is that that's what has happened to sheriffs that stand up. That doesn't mean I'm saying to them not to stand up. Well, I still am glad Richard stood up. Hold on. I am glad Richard stood up. We've got a Supreme Court case win. Uh, The odds are when you're in the jaws of the lion that you get crushed. So be aware of those odds. But you should still stand up. Richard Mack did it. Nick Finch did it. Neither of them regret it. Uh, Darleaf is doing it now. Bob Songer is standing up now. Uh, Many sheriffs, as I've mentioned, Sheriff Schmeling standing up now and we back and support every one of them in their efforts i'm not at all saying they shouldn't stand up or that they shouldn't do what's right or giving them a pass i'm merely telling you we teach the ideal which is exactly what you're saying but when we live in the real what do we do in maricopa county where they've literally at first they said we don't have any evidence of election fraud now they admit publicly they are forcing with threat of arrest for people to certify elections against their better judgment and against their will and the sheriff Penzone, I'm naming the sheriff too right now, Maricopa County, is doing nothing. Now, what do we do about that, Bill? I'm not saying it's right. I think he should stand up and stop it. And I think we should replace the sheriff if he doesn't. I'm not at all at odds with your point. I'm just telling you the reality. What happens now, Bill? We've been teaching and educating and standing for that point the whole time for more than a decade on this point, right? All right. But now what? The answer is, when people rationalize or justify uh, non-compliance, then, I mean, excuse me, the violations of their oath and don't do their job, that's in essence uh, giving that sheriff permission to not do his job. Okay, and but I'm not rationalizing always, it. Always, always, always rest with the people. Yeah, and but let's be very clear. People, I'm not rationalizing it, though. Let's take a break and come back. It's a hard break that I can't skip. No, I'm not. I'm not rationalizing it. I'm going to come back and tell you what my clear statement is on it once again because you're not hearing me. Penzone, the sheriff of Maricopa County, is not doing his job and not obeying his oath of office, and he should be removed and replaced over that issue. And he should stand up and do it now. We've been very clear about that. Hang tight. Exposing Corruption informing citizens pursuing liberty 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. A jobs report by ADP Management Services is out. Katie Lewis reports. The number of jobs added by private companies in November is at a level not seen since January. ADP says 127,000 jobs were created. That's well below predictions of 190,000 jobs being added. ADP's chief economist said job creation is being impacted by interest rate hikes put in place by the Federal Reserve. They also noted fewer workers are leaving their jobs, quote, and the post-pandemic recovery is stable. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. Federal Reserve officials have crushed investors' hopes of an early end to inflation. Two of the Fed's regional presidents, John Williams and James Bullard, warned on Monday that the inflation threat has not faded. Instead of rebounding, the U.S. economy will shrink and face stubborn price increases in 2023. Congressional leaders agreed Tuesday to head off a nationwide strike by railroad workers, promising to pass legislation quickly that would avert a work stoppage, crippling the supply chain and U.S. economy. Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the House lawmakers will aim to pass legislation today. This after President Biden took a victory lap earlier this year before the bigger unions declined the offer. Firefighters were investigating a hazmat situation at the water reclamation facility in Glendale, Arizona overnight after a large plume of smoke was sent into the air because of a bleach and salt mixture inside of it. Glendale Fire Captain Ashley Lush on Fox 10. Because the chemicals are actually lighter than air, they are just going to lift off and dissipate really quickly. So we're grateful for that because it does not pose a threat to any of the structures or life safety. USA Radio News. Paid for by GovMint.com. Have you heard? A recent stash of 1904 Morgan Silver Dollar coins has been found. These gorgeous 1904 O Silver Dollar coins are as bright and shiny as the day they were struck. This is a key date for Silver Dollar collectors, and only a limited quantity are available. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone interested in silver coins. Just call Government at 1-800-222-1975, and you are guaranteed a mint condition 1904 O Morgan Silver Dollar, featuring the iconic O mint mark of the New Orleans Mint, the final year of production but with limited quantity you must call now these 1904 o silver coins are still in uncirculated condition that is 117 years of history you can hold in your hand to learn more call 1-800-222-1975 call now and you'll receive a free american coin collector's bonus package a 25 dollars value free with every order call 1-800-222-1975 now to secure your 1904 o morgan silver dollars before they sell out that's 1-800-222-1975 Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our guest, William Taylor Real. Uh, We're talking about uh, the County Sheriff Brigades of Pennsylvania, CSPP. Their website, sheriffbrigadesofpen.com, where you can research what they have to say. We're discussing uh, sheriffs. And their duty. We're discussing public officials and their oaths of office. Uh, an interview, interview with Bill continues this hour. I've given him literally two hours. I'm skipping breaks to give us more time. And, and we're talking right now about examples. Okay, I say we educate to the ideal and we live in the real. 
Okay? And so now we're discussing the inaction of Maricopa County, Arizona Sheriff Paul Penzone. Okay? Now, I say Paul is derelict in his duty. I say the inaction of Paul Penzone is a problem. I say he's not obedient to his oath of office that he took. And I say he should be replaced by the citizenry in Maricopa County, Arizona. Because he should be standing up when there's election fraud, when you literally have 31% of the machines and the tabulators failing to where voters are disenfranchised, you cannot let them just certify the election and say all is fine by force. Okay? Now you say, well, Sam, the forcing is in a different county, the people that are complaining that they're being forced. I I know, but these deserve investigations. We've gone from them claiming that we just claim election fraud with no evidence to now literally we have people testifying left and right that the machines didn't work, that the tabulators didn't work, that people have been disenfranchised, that people didn't get a vote, that vote ballots were literally hauled off to remote locations against the law to supposedly be counted. We've got people testifying that their vote didn't count when they filed it, and it should have, it goes on and on and on. So Paul Benzone is der- or Penzone is derelict in his duty. Now, here's the difference. I'm saying that it's up to the people to replace Paul for this if Paul doesn't do his job. Now, I'm not at all giving Paul a pass, but I am saying we live in the real. Okay, Bill's saying, hey, I am giving Paul a pass. How am I giving Paul a pass, Bill? The the answer to that question is, as an example, the candidate, the Republican candidate for governor is in Arizona is saying Carrie she's Lake. not going to concede. Lake, yeah. Correct. She's, sta- she's standing up, and, and frankly, she has campaign funds in order to fight this, and that's helpful. And I realize the sheriff's a star for funds. And frankly, those funds are given to the DA's office when they ought to be given to the sheriff. To do the job that he's, he's actually produced. Well, until the people, I agree, and that's one of the reasons for having the sheriff brigades here in Pennsylvania, is to say the people need to stand up, not a whole lot, 10% or less of the people in the county will make this happen. I'm absolutely convinced. Because I agree. The, so how am I, I giving Paul Penzona pa- Pen- how am I giving Paul Penzona pass? When you, when, you, when you say we're living in the real, well, He's living yes. in a in a fraudulent, unlawful status. You're right, You're so right. He, but he here's the deal. No, excuse. no, hold on. Here's yeah. the deal. So I've told you that he's derelict in his duty. I've told you that I believe he's violating his oath of office, which it's an opinion to which I'm entitled. I'm telling you that the people need to remove and replace him. I'm telling you that I believe it's sad that he's not willing to carry out his oath of office. Okay, now, what more can I do to codify my opinion and beliefs than I'm already doing? I literally spend my whole life training and educating to that oath. I'm going on public radio and TV telling you that I think he's, he's fraudulent in his actions, uh, etc. Now, what more can you, Bill, and Sam Bushman do than I'm already doing? Don't make the statement that that's the real. The real is the people who violate their office are criminals. They're the outlaws. Okay, I agree. Brand them, brand them as such, and don't give them any. Well, that's no, I already did. Is. Hold on, I what? already did. I told but you, you pa- Paul Penzone is violating his oath of office, and no, he should be removed. You don't, repeat, you don't have to repeat that. Living in the real is another reason. Well, that's the way it is. 
the way it is is always been unlawful. They're the criminals. The people need to have that crisp, clear understanding that no matter what excuse is offered, oh, they're going to lose their job or whatever, I got is, it. Not accept, is not acceptable. I they agree. They absolutely cannot make an excuse for dereliction. I agree. What more can Bill and Sam do about Penzone than we've already done Keep, and that we will continue to do? I suggest to you that what the way you phrased it, well, that's the way it is, uh, is a pass. Okay, but I'm saying to you, it's not a pass to acknowledge reality as it is. Reality is things as they really are, Bill. There, that, that is the answer. And you're saying the reality is they're criminals, and I say I agree. All right. So the only, and frankly, they'll do it to you and me and anybody else. They'll put, yes. the, the powers to be will put you in prison. Yes. Now, would the criminals, I mean, we have so many examples of those in government who get a pass. Well, there is no pass. Well, there is. There shouldn't be a pass. There is right now. It's because the people tolerate it. I agree. That's right. So in Maricopa County now, the answer is, hold on, in Maricopa County, the answer is enough people need to replace Pulp and Zone. And we need to teach and educate and help that happen to the best of our ability. Right? Don't, in my, my position is you do not express and a, a uh, rationale that that's the way it is. That's well, there's not a rationale. Hold on. There's not a rationale that that's the way it is. It's Here a it fact. Is. No, it's a fact that's the way it is. Right now, Paul Penzone is the sheriff of Maricopa County. And right now, the people have not changed that. That is a fact. It is not an opinion. It is not a debate. It is a proven reality check. And he the is answer to that the is- sheriff, and the people have not replaced him. And so from, I think from a lawful standpoint, it needs to be clearly stated that he and everybody who supports that position is, in fact, supporting violations of the law. We and, agree. If that's the society, and if that's the society that those in Maricopa County choose to live, then why in the world would you give any credence to anything that comes out of there? I don't know what you mean by because credence to things living, that come out of there. Living, I support huh? the citizenry there, and I'm trying to educate them so they can change their circumstances. Well, I'll just encourage you to say, do you, do you think out. I should do that? Every, sure. And I'm doing okay. that here and in do you, And you think that I'm not doing that now? No, I don't, Sam. You're taking this so wrong. What I'm saying is you can't acknowledge that, hey, that's the way it is. That's the fact. Yes, it is. In other words, the fact okay, so is you're that those it? in government who violate their oath of office are criminals. I agree. And we need to point it out every time. And I do. Don't. Fine. I'm, I, I do. I've said what I'm going to say. I, I, I'm pointing out that he's wrong and that he's a criminal, and I'm trying to educate people that he's violated his oath of office, and we need to replace him. Good. Okay. But me, but me that. acknowledging, but me acknowledging, but me acknowledging that he is the sheriff. Of Maricopa County right now is not an omission or giving anybody a pass. Well, let me ask you this question. If someone violates the law. Yes, sir. And sees it and stays in office. And as an acknowledged criminal. Do you think he really has any legitimate authority? Well, there's a debate on an acknowledged criminal. It is my opinion that he's a criminal. Oh, but until, come on. Uh, but hold on. But until he's convicted, the oh, reality is, 
There's no criminal yes. there. He's in it. He has due process of law, sir. Okay. There are checks so and balances in America, and he has a right Sam, to a speedy trial. Sam, right? let me ask you this question. It's that same question I asked the sheriff here in Chester County. It's your duty to arrest whose duty? DAs and judges and anybody else who violates the law. That's their duty. Then the process takes over. But now you're going to go to a court that has been instrumental across this country of destroying any form of due process for the chosen few. Right. And the implementation of seizure and prosecution and imprisonment of the masses. Yeah. So what's your question? How in the world do you think you're going to find a remedy in that process? There is no due process. All right. So there's a difference between you asking – Hold on. There's a difference between you asking an elected official versus a Sam Bushman. I'm not elected anywhere. So the answer is different not, between me and him. I'm not attacking you, Sam. I'm not attacking you in any way, Richard. I get it. I'm, I'm telling not. you there's a difference, though, in when we answer the question. What can I do than, more than I'm already doing to affect change in Maricopa County for Paul Penzone? The answer is you're right, educating the people and not giving this idea, well, that's the way it is, so he, we have to tolerate it. And that's, no, that's I didn't exactly say we have to tolerate on. it. Sam, hold on. Sam, that's exactly what's going on when nope. you make hold an on. excuse. I'm not making an excuse. You're adding okay. – uh, skip the break, please. We le- Legitimately, ladies and gentlemen, I am acknowledging that Paul Zone is the sheriff of Maricopa County, Arizona. That doesn't mean that I'm tolerating it. It doesn't mean I'm giving him a pass. And it doesn't mean that I think what he's doing is acceptable in any way, shape, or form. And I've never said such, Bill. Never. The remedy for everybody is to say no when, in fact, the law is violated. And the law is actually not that difficult to understand. Really isn't. The problem is we're so controlled by media and the attorneys and the judges and on and on and on. I agree. Where we are educated in the schools to believe you had to go along and get along. So let me ask you a it's question, a, Bill. Here's just, a direct the question. The thing you just referenced. Let me ask, let me point this out. Sure. The thing that was on the news where Congress is passing a uh, a, a, a bill that says same-sex marriage is okay. Yep. It's criminal. It's wrong. Absolutely. It needs to stop. And, and now, I would encourage now, to replace all 435 members of the House and all, oh, one, every senator who voted for it. Right, let's say right. this. Anybody who voted for it, I, I push to replace them with people who will keep their oath and not violate the moral code of America. Okay. Where does that get implemented? It gets implemented in every county. That's where the rubber meets the road. Yes. And, in fact, the sheriff has the duty to say the, the Congress has no lawful authority to make any provision with respect to marriage or divorce, birth, death, and so forth. They have no constitutional authority. Okay, if that's the case, it's not a law. It's absolutely null and void from the time they get it. Just so you know, Michael Perutka, Perutka, the constitutional attorney and educator, talks about that in the Declaration of Independence and, and deems it appropriately pretend legislation in our training. And I agree with with him. And unfortunately, okay. he lost so his election to be the attorney general in the, in the Maryland. I'm, I'm, all right. I'm saying is that's a, a matter of a lot of people being brainwashed by a lot of sources their whole lives, and it's difficult to convince people to say no. But that's Amen. the remedy. Okay. Amen. And there's a okay, lot now, of people advocating that. Let me ask you a question. 
What sure. are you doing to advocate change, to get rid of pulp and zone? We're using a specific county where there's dereliction of duty that is beyond debate. Now the whole nation's in an uproar over it in a swing state in a very populous county where the sheriff is doing nothing to remedy the situation. We're using that county on purpose as kind of a a ground zero for our discussion. But what are you going to do more to replace Paul Pinzone with a constitutional sheriff who will keep his oath of office? What more are you doing than I've already told you that I'm doing? The answer is I don't have any authority, neither do you, other than to speak the truth. All right. Correct. And, and that's I'm speaking exactly the truth. What we are doing, and what and the truth is, is we need change, but the truth is he is the sheriff of that county. Do you agree? He's the alleged sheriff because he's so outside of the law. He has no authority, no legitimate authority. That's the remedy, to recognize right. that he has no authority and to say no when, in fact, he tries to enforce anything that's unlawful. Right. But you and I can't okay. say no. We can, we can teach to that ideal. And we can live in the real and encourage people to to do that very thing. And that's what we're doing. Our goal is to move the real to the ideal and make them one and the same. That's our educational goal. Okay. I think your your uh, oath says something different. Your your uh, motto here. What's our motto? So Serve, being... protect, right? Right. Uphold and defend. That's correct. So anyway, I'm serving. Hold on. I'm serving and giving my time to the CSPOA and educating. I'm on the radio doing the same thing. I'm trying to protect the people from abusive criminals in, uh, who have been elected or derelict in their duties and who aren't keeping their oaths of office, etc. So I'm serving and I'm protecting. I'm defending the truth as it is, as you are, right? Uh, what am I not doing that I should be doing? The, the thing of recognizing a criminal as having some legitimate authority, is, in fact, supporting that. I'm he not recognizing no, they have authority. Has, I'm recognizing that no they are in that position. Oh, so they're usurpers. I agree. Okay, so he's not a sheriff. He's a criminal. And I would call well, that, him right to his hold face, on. and I wouldn't give him excuse. He's not a sheriff. You, I'm not a legitimate you, sheriff. You can call and, him a criminal, but you, you realize he has due process. You realize he is proven, or he's what innocent is, until proven that, guilty, right? Sam, what does that have to do with you saying something or me saying something with respect to the understanding of the law? You, you're not ju- you're not saying anything other than the truth. And when you say he has due process, sure he does. And in fact, where is he going to go to get that due process? To the very institutions that created that that's unlawful right. situation. So that's, that's right. not a so, remedy. So what that's do you say remedy. is, what is the remedy then, Bill, in Maricopa County, Arizona, where this guy by the name of Paul Penzone is considered the sheriff? What do you do now, Bill? What does the society do now? You and I would both say replace him with somebody who will do what's right. You and I both say hey, he's involved in things that we believe are a serious concern. But what do you do next? What happens next now? All right. He dropped off. We'll call him back because I don't know if he dropped off intentionally or if he dropped off by mistake. Okay. 
He's coming back, so it must have been an error. Are you there, Bill? It was, it was, so it what was on do your we end. do it, now, it Bill? It wasn't here. Anyway, I'm back. The point being, to answer your question, it certainly Sam, wasn't our end intentionally, though, by the way. Let's be well, clear. There I might be a phone problem, that. but. I'm on a cell we, phone. I understand reality. Right, I understand. We called you back and put you on the radio, though, so let's not let's not assume we intentionally I'm, did anything. Go ahead. Give me a break, Sam. You're so defensive. I called you back. That's the reason I'm back. So the point being is I didn't accuse anybody of anything. I'm just saying it happened. I know how cell phones work. I'm an electrical engineer. So Go ahead, sir. Don't, don't, don't get derailed. The I'm end? just telling you, we did not intentionally drop your call. Fine. I, want I accept that. I, I, I want the audience to understand that. Okay, great. Uh, the answer to the situation is until, just like you're doing and I'm doing and people who care about this country are doing, educating the people to try to counter this mass, well-organized, well-funded effort to uh, propagandize and, and educate people against, uh, the frankly, the basis of this country. And we're losing that battle because there's so much inter-squabbles uh, about whatever. The bottom line is if there's no remedy in the institutions of the courts, they are, in fact, been taken over and are doing the job of subverting our laws. All right. Then the remedy rests in the people. And that's what I've been doing now for almost 30 years in Pennsylvania, trying to help all the people. So and what advice what advice would you give the people of Maricopa County? To, first of all, open their ears and their eyes to the truth. And Amen. if you can't do and you can't do that then Maricopa County is going to be a lost county unless unless uh, the uh, state government steps in and, and takes over. And by the way, they have the authority to do that. <clears throat> and the state county, do you think would be better, or the state, do you think they'll be better than the county of Maricopa? No, they just, they simply would take over and, and remove that individual and, and uh, make it open for an election. With a full what if hold on? What, the what if the state is happy with that individual? Then it's it's up to the again with the pecking order. The United States government constitutionally has the responsibility to ensure that there's a Republican form of government in every <laughs> state. So now Joe Biden is going to go ahead and correct the state, which is going to go ahead and correct the county and, and straighten out Pulp and Zone. Is that what you're saying? Look, no, of course not, Sam. You know you must think I'm totally naive. To even think that, the problem is, if we're not going to exercise the lawful authority, Who's then it's going to come down to, unfortunately, it's going to come down to the people in Maricopa County physically taking back their government. Okay, and then, so that's where you and I might part, where you might physically say they got to take back. I don't know what that means. I know that I teach to the ideal. I live in the real. I try to move the real more and more towards the ideal every day in everything that I do. Uh, I do want to serve, protect, defend. I do want to do all these things. Uh, but I, I am not willing to resort to violence. I'm not willing it's to not, resort it's, to it's, my it's acts. Not up, it's not up to you, Sam. It's up no, to it's the not. people who are being persecuted in that county. That's correct. And, and I so tell you, I can do my best. At, Hold on. I can do my best to lead them to solutions that can make a difference peacefully. That's my job. That's my efforts. That's my goal. And so I would encourage the people of Maricopa County to replace Palpin Zone with somebody who will take their oaths of office more seriously. I will do all that I can to make that occur peacefully. Do you agree There's with me? No difference. There's no difference in what I'm doing. Because I have you, neither you nor I have any authority to step into Maricopa County. 
and do anything. <clears throat> it's the people Agreed. who are suffering under this. Agreed. So, yes, so are, are you happy with our efforts to educate to do to accomplish that? I'm only dissatisfied with the the uh, position that you teach teach the ideal. The ideal is the law. That's right. And I what teach you're that. teaching is the law, and there are That's no right. exceptions. And if you take exceptions, you read my paper on uh, compromise and pragmatism. And that was a result of our sheriff here in Chester County saying, well, you have to be practical. And I said, no, there's no position or place for being practical when you're violating the law. All right. Being when you're violating the law. And I agree. So okay. all we're talking about is the remedies and what we should push for and when and how. How should we go about those remedies? That's the difference, right? All I said was ultimately, and this is history speaking, ultimately tyranny is is uh, thrown off lawfully by those who are subject on and on to the same tyrannical behavior of their government. Yes, and where That's I history. stand is I agree. And so where I stand is we've let things get bad in America over the last couple of hundred years. It didn't happen all at once. It was piecemeal, you know, slice at a time, socialism, communism, whatever you want to deem it to be, violations of the law. And I wish we could get it back tomorrow. That's the ideal. The real is that we've got to slice at a time, bring back our liberties as we educate the citizenry to do so peacefully. Uh, If we cannot do it peacefully, it's not going to be me that moves it to a different realm. It's going to have to be somebody else because I'm going to hang on to the peaceful solution as long as I possibly can, sir. And I will influence through kindness and patience and long suffering and love and encouragement and education uh, to change our circumstances one county at a time. Uh, and I'm going to do that for every county in the country to the best of my ability. I don't I don't think we differ on a whole lot, Sam. I just think semantics is important. And I'm 80 years old. I've been doing this for 32 years, uh, specifically with with uh, Sheriff Max since well, 2009. And I just um, don't think we differ, other than um, reality says that when people are abused, and frankly, more and more people are waking up to the fact that they're lied to. When people wake up, they get involved. Many of them. Others yes. hide. And when they do, my goal is to point them in the right ways for real peaceful solutions. That's my goal. If at all possible, absolutely. Because I know, and I'm sure you do, that the war between the states was the same cause, by the way, and uh, economic. It had very little to do with slavery. And the point being is people were pushed to a point where they rebelled in the South. And yep. I, all right, well, if you understand that, then do you think that history is going to change? That nope, with the abuse itself. of power that's going on at this point, and it's racing toward a point where violence will be the norm, not the exception. I predict and you're correct. You and I, I are trying very. You and I are trying very hard to avoid that. Roger that. I agree with okay. you. Okay. And, and and I don't think we disagree on a lot. I guess the difference is that you feel like um, we should be harder in our statements and in our positions. And my response to that is remember. You got to work on how to win friends and influence people. If you're too hardcore to your sheriff, he's just going to say you got to be practical. Goodbye, Bill. 
On the other hand, if you slowly but surely let him know that we the people have his back, that we love him, that we're willing to work with him, that we want to make change, you know, when is someone, when do we need to throw somebody out and replace them versus when can we educate somebody, uh, et cetera. And, and it's a how to win friends and influence people. It's a how you package the discussion uh, that I think matters to a great degree. And I'm not saying you're a bad guy. I'm just saying we need to be very careful when we lead organizations that we focus on ways that people can come aboard, not ways that were at odds with them. And some sheriffs can come aboard, some can't. I don't believe that it's possible with Penn's own uh, to help the guy. He's turned his back on all of us. He won't communicate with any of us. He rejects what we have to say in every way. So we need to replace him. But in other cases across the country with so many, so many, so many sheriffs, we want to be patient and teach them and educate. We want to be gracious to them and give them a little bit of grace because most of them grew up in a communist government school. Most of them grew up, they've got to unlearn what they've learned wrong before they can learn what is correct. And we need to be the organizations to occur, to make that happen. And that's what I'm advocating for. CSPOA.org is our website. If you want to learn more about William Taylor Real's website, SheriffBrigadesOfPen.com. Final words yours, Bill. you got about 20 seconds. In all due respect, you're not saying anything different than I, and I've been doing this for 32 years. I'm just saying reality, eventually, people will, in fact, say enough is enough. We need to help stop that by telling the truth. We need to help them with peaceful checks and balance based constitutional solutions and show them the way to make changes to restore liberty a little bit at a time if we must but we need to then turn to god almighty as a moral people god save the republic thanks bill